everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. Um, so we had an exciting week. We got some big questions answered. Yes. This this was big. I was very yeah. excited about this. So we asked a lot of questions. Um, so our last book we read was Taking the Heat by Victoria Dahl. Um, we Which had, we loved. We loved it. We loved it. But we also just decided that we would do uh, our own epilogue where we just decided where they had been for the last four years. And then we wanted Victoria to tell us if it was what really happened. And it turns out we were spot on. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We got some we got some feedback uh, from Victoria on Twitter, mm-hmm. which you sent me you sent me screenshots because refi- I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> Everybody. He refuses to learn. And also, every time I send him a screenshot, he asks me a lot of like very simple <laughs> questions about it. No, I'm not. I know how Twitter works. You because I've explained it to you. No. Come, listen, you're making <laughs> me sound a lot less desirable to younger women. <laughs> no, you're making me sound like I don't know. I know how Twitter works. I just don't, I don't, I don't indulge in Twitter. I don't tweet. I don't, I don't have a Twitter account mm-hmm. because I just, you know, I, I don't communicate in that way. I communicate through this podcast. Uh, so it's just a one-sided conversation. Yeah, that's how I choose to communicate. <laughs> and I enjoy. No, but I, I do love American male point no. of view. <laughs> Here's the thing. I love the engagement and I love the feedback and I do read it all. Like anything that you send me or anything that I see, I do read it. I'm telling you, this is not. You read what I send you, though. That's not at all. Well, I don't. I'm not on Twitter and I I don't have access to the email account. You do have access, though. (laughs) I mean, I. okay. (laughs) There was a Google sheet with all of our passwords at any moment. I I get it. I get that. And mm-hmm. I understand that. But what, what what I I always follow the Instagram. Yeah, you're on the Instagram. I'm always on the Insta. I don't always respond just because I, you know, I, I guess the way I engage with the audience is is this way. This is how I'm comfortable. I like this and writing stuff out. I don't know. It's not it just doesn't seem as I don't know. I mean, I want to engage more. and I think maybe I'm just more. Still a guest at the party, so I don't want to. Like I said before, I don't want to be crashing the party. Uh huh. <laughs> Producer Patty shaking his head. He says no. He says he thinks I should engage. Yeah. Okay. I think it's only fair. Here, let's here. Well, let's put it to the audience. I'll create a Twitter poll because I know how to do it. Do you do do you as the audience want me to engage with you any more than I already do? Okay. Or do you just like this? Or do you just like the enigma that is 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 Clayton? What what do you guys want? Because because I do I want the audience to know how much we do care about them and enjoy enjoy the interaction and knowing that what we do is something that makes people happy or wh- however they react to it. It's good to know that I do love knowing that. So it was very cool that Victoria responded to our questions, especially. The question about the big question that Clayton had: Why Gabe would run to the bathroom? <laughs> I, she said he did not run to the bathroom, which is true. He did not run to the bathroom, but he would go to the bathroom after they had coitus. And she responded and let us know that it was because she thinks Gabe would take the condom off because he wouldn't want it hanging on his flaccid penis. Which when she explained that, yeah, I totally get it. it. Makes perfect sense. And that's and that's. But I love that it was something I noticed, and it was something that was happening. Yeah, so it, it 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 vindicated my perception of reality. Oh uh, God! But it was but it was very cool to get that feedback. She she was very funny. Yeah, and. Any of the authors that we review, the fact that they listen to the podcast is so amazing to me because. As a creative person, it's very easy to be sensitive about the things you created because you're sitting down and you're writing a book and you know people are going to have reactions to it and maybe nitpick it. And it could be very hard to sit and have that happen. And I think she understood that the spirit of, of, of our podcast was this is really a great book. And we were just having a little bit of fun and, and nitpicking small things because there was nothing else you could really say about this that wasn't positive. 
I'm always surprised when an author reaches out to us to let us know that they listen because I'm like, never in a million years would I listen. You'd be too nervous, right? No. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know. And then if I did hear something, if somebody said like a throw off line, I would then obsess about that nonstop. Uh-huh. And then I would talk to all my friends, be like, do you think this? And they'd be all like, shh, Aaron, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wouldn't be able to handle it. So when they do listen, I'm always just like, you're tough, made of tougher stuff than I am. That's for sure. And obviously it's like, we didn't create this podcast to make fun of things or tear things down or be snarky. Like we don't want to do those things, but um, I don't know. Still, we do mention things that we don't like or we find confusing, or you know. The other thing I'd like to do, if you don't mind, is just say hi to all our new listeners in Wyoming, <laughs> since that book really did. Uh, we got a lot of listeners in Wyoming, right? I mean, I don't look at the stats, so I'm assuming <laughs> that my ode to that beautiful state, Wyoming. Home of Jackson Pollock. Home of... What was his name? Jim J. Bullock. (laughs) There's got to be... The first female mayor. The first female mayor. Like, it's got to be a groundswell, right? So I I know I don't have access to the email uh, account. How many emails did we get? How many tweets did we get from uh, Wyoming? Aaron, I want to know. The audience wants to know. Tell us about this avalanche of feedback we got from Wyoming. We got nothing. We have not one listener from Wyoming still. What? Nobody pays attention to us. It was awful. The <laughs> fuck. Our plea, our plea went unanswered. Uh, Nobody cares. Nobody wants to listen to us in Wyoming. We just have to make peace with it. But we can't quit now, right? But what else can we do? I'm going to go there with a boombox. Okay, great. I'm going to go there with a boombox, hold it over my head, and play our podcast. Just finish it. Just wait till after we've done the wallflowers, though. Yes. Uh, listeners, if you have any ideas for how we can entice someone in Wyoming to just download one episode of our podcast once, at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we need. And this makes, I, now, I, I, now I get the whole playing hard to get. And how that works so powerfully, because we spent so much time thinking about Wyoming just because no one's listened. Mm-hmm. And we have so many great listeners in California, New York, Illinois, uh, uh, Texas. Where, where else? We got uh, literally 49 other states, Hawaii, Alaska, Maine, New Hampshire, Nebraska. And- and South Dakota, North Dakota. And we should be paying attention to you, mm-hmm. not the holdouts. Yeah. It's just our psychology. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. This is a trope. I've loved you so long. And that's going to be us in Wyoming. Come on, Wyoming. Anyway, so we read a book this week. <laughs> <laughs> we did read a book It did this not week. take place in Wyoming. No. Um, it was actually an email recommendation from Renee. And she writes... <laughs> Uh, she writes hello I first want to mention how much I love your podcast I'm obsessed with romance novels I run my own book blog addicted to romance and I read all across the board I love the books that you have read and mentioned on your podcast and I listen to a ton of podcasts and yours is one of the best (laughs) Um, it has such a refreshing feel to it and highly entertaining to listen to then she goes on and she talks about Christine Fenient because we took uh we read Burning Wild, and she mentions sort of her other books of hers that she enjoys. Um, and then she says, uh, some other book recommendations of books that I think you would love. So she suggests a ton, which is fantastic. She includes the Wallfire series by Lisa Claypass. I love Derek Craven, but I'm excited to see what you think about Sebastian St. Vincent. Yeah. I'm excited to see what I think of uh, Seb- Sebastian St. Vincent. If you Vincent. guys could only see the amount of times that we have texted about St. Vincent... Before meeting him. Now I'm worried that you're not going to be impressed. You will be, though. Um, then, uh, and then she suggests the book we read this week, Ride Hard by Laura Kay. We live by our own rules and values, just like most clubs do. And we protect our own, whatever it takes. This MC is a brotherhood. It's a family, he said, crossing his arms. But a long time ago, we also made it our mission to be something more to serve the community we live in. And we do that by fighting for those who can't fight for themselves and by defending those who can't defend themselves. Dare looked Haven in the eye 
wanting her to believe what he was saying. Sometimes that means that we give people who need it a safe haven here. And sometimes that means that we provide protection for people in their lives. But either way, we intend to make it clear that in our backyard, there is no tolerance for bullying the weak, and absolutely no intention to fear those who think they're powerful. Okay, Haven said. She lowered her chin and nodded. Thank you. He appreciated the sentiment, but he didn't need it. None of this had started to stroke his own ego anyway. Just the opposite, in fact. No matter how many people he and the Ravens helped, it never made up for the first two people he'd failed and let die while he'd run for his life. Hell, if twenty-plus years had done a damn thing to take the sharp edges off that reality. Hey, he said his voice suddenly full of gravel. He reached out a hand to nudge her chin up, but pink flooded her cheeks at the near touch, so he stepped back and folded his arms. You don't owe me any thanks. She says, thank you for all you guys do for your podcast. You rock the house. Renee from Addicted to Romance. Thank you, Renee. Mm -hmm. I do think that this book had things going against it. And one of it being that St. Vincent is around the corner. It's very hard when you have that anticipation with uh, uh, because we know we know. I know he's coming. I I'm not, I'm, I don't want to get kind of involved with anybody else right now. <laughs> I'm leaving my heart open for him. It's like it's hard to enjoy Thanksgiving when you know Christmas is around the corner. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, turkey, that's great. Uh, football games, that's fine, whatever. But presents and Santa and snow and – Watching all the the Santa Claus movies, <laughs> Santa Claus one, Santa Claus two, Santa Claus three. You mean the Santa Claus? The Santa Claus movies. Yeah, yeah. Not all of the Santa Claus movies. Not all every movie that involves Santa Claus. That would be sick. But it take too much time. That would take too much time. That's why you got to stick to the trilogy. <laughs> sure. You know what? What. Do you want me to list in order of, of enjoyment? No. Okay. No, do it. No, do it. The Santa Claus. <laughs> then the Santa Claus 3. Then the Santa Claus 2. Trilogies are never bigger than the original. Well, the third one's better than the second one. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. you put the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I put the first one first, put the third one second, and the second one third. Very <laughs> pr- pretty easy to understand. <laughs> anyway, so... Let's judge this cover. <laughs> this is a great cover, I think. I loved this cover. Although that's not what the couple looks like. It isn't. But we got some insight, too, from Victoria this week because we really ragged on her covers as well as her title. And she was basically like, I didn't have any control and I made suggestions and they said no. So now I feel like I give more leeway to covers because I'm like, oh, probably the author didn't have any say because this woman is a brunette and there's so much in this book about um, Haven, the heroine, being having long blonde hair. And also that Dare, the hero, is supposed to have like longer hair and be tatted up. And this guy ain't tatted up. Mm-mm. He also doesn't have the right kind of bike. So, you know. No, this this looks like it would be a, a jeans commercial or something. Yeah, Calvin's. Or like Guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's another gene company. Yeah, um, but I I do. It, it was a it's a very sexy cover. So mm-hmm. it is a man on a bike with a woman who is sitting on the bike, but facing him and and straddling him, mm-hmm. and they're kissing passionately. And I love the way ride hard. I lo- I love the font. There's the um, it's written in cursive. Ride is written in cursive, and then hard is not written in cursive. And it's it's a very evocative cover. It's very sexy. It made me very excited for what was inside. So great cover. Yeah, excellent cover. And this is like a trilogy so far. And the all the covers are really great. Anyway, what was in this book, Clayton? What was it about? What happened? So this book is about a motorcycle club called The Ravens. 
and we meet the leader of the Ravens. His name is Dare. And it, the book starts, and you had told me that you told me this before uh, the recording, but I wish I would have known this before I read the book that this is a spinoff of another series called Hard Ink and Hard Ink Tattoo. So I-N-K, not Incorporated. They're not called Hard Incorporated, (laughs) which is my series of books. (laughs) Okay. So, right? It's about tattoo artists. Yeah, it's a tattoo, but they're like Navy SEAL tattoo artists. Oh, of course. Or not Navy SEAL, (laughs) but they're like special forces. Special forces. So do you know how D.A.R.E. connects to that? No. Okay, good. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Dare is our, our lead, and then our heroine uh, is Haven, who, at the beginning of this book, is uh, with her friend Cora, and they have came for safe Haven with, uh, with the Ravens. Haven and Raven. I know. And then also they're in Baltimore and there's a football team. He's killed the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they came here because they had been kidnapped previously by a, another gang and escaped. So now they're here. We have – so Haven is one of the meekest heroines we have encountered so far. She is somebody who – has a bad dad, a very bad dad, was abused, we know for sure. We don't know the extent of the abuse, although with the bad dad trope, it's very easy to assume very bad abuse. Mm -hmm. And he pulled her out of high school, didn't homeschool her. She's afraid of everything. She's afraid of thunderstorms. She cowers in the corner during the beginning of this book and she's 23, but she seems way younger. Mm-hmm. And Dare is automatically attracted to her, even though he's we have 37 years old. Them meeting because this was the wildest thing. Uh huh. And this, I think, goes to something that you wanted to talk about too about like how evil a motorcycle club should be. Yes. But so Dare is 37. He's the leader of this motorcycle club. They own this like. Um, converted resort that now mm-hmm. is like a racetrack. But so there's a rec room and he's hanging at the rec room with like other people in the motorcycle club, probies, and then just like women who are either dating guys in the club, married to them, or just like want to have sex with them. Loose women, an assortment of loose women. Yeah. Who don't we never really meet or get to know or are called anything other than wives. So then this woman comes up who is a woman who like really wants to date a guy in a motorcycle club and in front view of everybody, she's like, do you want me to just blow you? And Dare is like, I'm so jaded. Sure. Why not blow me? Fine. So then she literally takes his dick out of his jeans in a rec room, basically, and is about to start blowing him. And then Haven walks in and he like pushes her away mm-hmm. and puts his dick away. And is like, no, I found a woman. I was just <laughs> like, what is happening? And then we never meet that woman again. And there's also, I feel like in the beginning it was set up for like, these are dangerous people. They treat women really callously. But then that never happens again. Because this motorcycle club, they always need to have some like good angle. And so theirs is that they take in women who are like abused or on the run and like help them, give them new lives, give them protection, sort of like whatever needs to have happen, which is like, Great. Very noble. I'm happy that that's going on. But it just didn't match with what was happening at the beginning. I just it re- that scene really rubbed me the wrong way where it's like you need to pay that off if you're going to do that or don't do it there. And, and I don't know if I necessarily would want to read this book, but it would it would have made more sense to me if this motorcycle club was a hardcore rough and tumble gross rude dudes with major toods who did crimes and all that and haven who is this innocent comes in and and makes dare takes dare from an alpha hole to a alpha in in the sense of he's a bad boy gone good 
he doesn't come off very much like a bad, a real legitimate bad boy. Yeah. This motorcycle club made me think of, do you, do you, do you ever hear of like a service frat or like a service sorority? They're like frats and sororities that are supposed to be doing community service. So they're not like regular frats and sororities, which is just all about getting drunk and fucking. But there's also getting drunk and fucking. So (laughs) it's almost uh, 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 it's fraudulent where just be a hardcore frat or just be a sorority. Don't throw this service in there and then try to make it seem like you're better than all these other. You're still a motorcycle club. You still do crimes. You're still a bunch of bums. And the thing with that is we talked about this, too, is that if you're going to be in a motorcycle club, why be in a motorcycle club where you have to have a, a side gig or like a night job? Just make this your career. Like, do some hardcore crime so you don't have to work at, like, a 7-Eleven or something. Yeah. Just be in a motorcycle club and sell heroin. Like, I mean, if you're going to do it, just do it. Yeah. That's what I don't get. Where the money was coming from? Because at one stage, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll come up with $100,000. And I was like, How? Well, how would you come up with a hundred thousand dollars? I'd ask my husband. Of We've course. already said this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite trope on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's me just asking producer Patty for increasingly insane amounts of money that no. Well, whatever. And that's morality chain, like that's that trope. But it, which is like I would prefer a morality chain to like what is happening here. I'm sorry, what's that trope called? A morality chain? A morality chain. Chain, yeah. Oh, wow. I never heard of this trip before. Yeah. So it's when somebody somebody's really bad, but then because he falls in love with somebody good, I mean, mostly it's heterosexual, although I guess it could occur in any direction with any kind of couple, um, becomes good because their partner is so good. Oh, so they're chained to somebody good? Is yeah. that That's the concept? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that would have been better. But also, again, I I really don't know if I would have wanted to read about criminals like that. Uh, but even as like run guns, like I, you can still also like a take, victimless a victimless crime, like, like running guns, guns, guns in America. No one ever gets hurt. No, never. No, that's obviously a big lie. But or I don't know. But it's like it's still you can take in women on the run. Like I didn't hate that, but then it just seemed like now we're at basically a summer camp, and then sometimes there are races and also there are just like women hanging around I but yeah and and so he takes it upon himself to take care of haven and he's fighting with the fact that he is way older than her mm-hmm. and she's obviously been very abused and is very skittish and sheltered yeah. and sheltered so the first time they hook up she's actually pretty hammered right she she's she's kind of drunk when they first hook up, and then they they she and Cora are there trying to hide, but she tells Dare pretty much the whole situation, and except for the fact that they have a bounty on their head, kind of like her dad is this huge criminal, and he has a ransom out for her, so that's going to draw the attention of other gangs who want to make that money by bringing her back to her bad dad. Yeah. So there gets to a point where they are thinking we need to send, we need to send Cora and Haven away and give them new identities, new hairstyles, (laughs) new identities and get them out of here so that they can be safe and so the club can be safe. But that creates a thing where he wants to spend as much time with her as he can before he has to send her away. He ends up taking her out on his motorcycle a few times because he's like, you can only do that with like your old woman is supposed to be the only one on the motorcycle and someone else was going to take her and he got all huffy about it. And then they went to a lake and then he goes down on her on side of the lake. Mm-hmm. And then immediately just, like, treats her really coldly because he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then later he ends up taking her to his house because he lives, like, ten minutes away. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I don't know why that is so funny. It's just... And not a lot happened in this book. That 
that's the way it's like and I did like this I liked the characters like I liked the you liked story meat? you liked ca- meat? meat I loved meat <laughs> but like I and I liked bunny like I liked, <laughs> I liked did bunny. you like Creed did you like Phoenix yeah 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 did you like uh no and I liked the relationship with her and Cora and stuff like uh, there was a lot I liked but I feel like there was a lot of like explaining past books that we haven't read not knowing like that this was a spin-off of a different series and it, it just confused me because I'm like, if I needed to know this information, I would know it because I had read the Hard Ink series. So then I don't need to know it again. I didn't read the Hard Ink series, so I don't need to know it because it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, so it was kind of distracting for to have all this explanation. <laughs> of something that I just didn't understand. I never quite understood and never really needed to understand. Or I feel like if we took all that out and made it like a simpler story, I was in. Like... I liked a lot of the uh, their relationship and stuff and the story, and they had a lot of tropes in there that are normally, like, tropes I'm really into. So I was interested in it, but it was just – it really frustrated me because I felt like there was so much extra stuff that I was just like, huh? and it's hard – and it's hard to figure out what's going on. It also – this is going to sound so bad, but I was like, he's too old. Yeah. Like, I wanted him to be younger. Yeah. He's, like, too close to my age. <laughs> Like aspirationally, I I wanted him to be like thirty two, because that was a really good year for me. <laughs> and I'm like thirty seven. I'm like, oh, man, it's just going down. This guy's on the downhill slope. I'm thinking of his hairline's probably not as good as it used to be. You know, he's 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 desperately like he's having a midlife crisis by trying to date this girl, and it just seemed a little bit. Sad to me. Well, and also that she is so young and so sheltered. Yeah. Young, so much younger than 23. In her, just the way of how she acted. I mean, did we like the sex in this? I liked the sex, but then I did think that there ended up being too much sex. Too much sex. I yeah. don't know. Maybe well, it not. was too much sex because, again, I don't think it pushed anything forward. I think at the beginning it pushed it forward, but then once they're at his house, it's like we heard every time they had sex, and I just sort of, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I did like that she was really into the sex. It's nice to see because she wasn't a virgin. No, she. Had sex with uh, her her uh, first love, Zach, but it was when she was 14. Mm-hmm. And then after that, her dad found out about it and kind of put her behind lock and key and said, I think a quote in this book is that if you're going to act like a bitch in heat, I'm going to treat you like one. I think was that that was uh, I might be paraphrasing, but that's kind of what it was. So. Yeah, she obviously has like a really sad backstory. Yeah, which which kind of always makes me not enjoy these books as much because it's for me it's too much reality uh, coming into coming into this fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Which I understand these things happen in the real world, and I'm not saying it's not a problem, and I'm not saying it's something that we should as a culture talk about. We shouldn't live in the shadows, but also. Uh, I'm DTS. I'm down to squirm. And not in that way. I want to squirm in the fun way. Yeah. Not in the, oh, this makes my skin crawl kind of way. Yeah. Because bad dad is one of my least favorite tropes. Yeah. Bad dad is tough. Would you, Have you ever ridden a motorcycle? Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I was going to guess. Oh, I'm sorry. Get, have I ever ridden well, a motorcycle? You told me. Oh. But my guess was going to be that you had... Because you do all these things that I don't like you uh, go to moon parties. You're (laughs) friends with nuns. (laughs) Friendly with nuns. I don't want to oversell my friendship with nuns. Some of your best friends are nuns. (laughs) You mountain climb. I free solo. You free solo, motherfucker. Yeah. What what else? There's uh, there's been many things that you've done that you've (laughs) like just thrown out in the middle of – 
your stories are like when you read a book that's in a series like we did like <laughs> last and and uh, uh, that girl was talking about how she had uh, an affair with a fed and she's on the run. You'll just throw in these things in the podcast and be like, that's what this podcast should be about. I should be interviewing you about the crazy shit that you do. I don't think any of that is particularly crazy, though. It's not crazy, but it's just. You live in New York City mm-hmm. and you have a job, a full-time job. You have a husband, you have a podcast, and then you also have time to mountain climb, uh go to moon parties, uh ride motorcycles, uh you know, go, go to uh, uh parties with these nuns. You have all <laughs> it seems like you find all this time to do stuff where I find very little time to do anything. So that's mm-hmm. why I think it's so fascinating. Because uh, I've done, I mean, I mean listen, I've I've skydove. You lived in Hawaii for I a long time. That's always surprising to people. I got paid to smell things once. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I got paid fifty bucks just to smell things. Why? For what? Were you? In- it was a gig. What kind of? What were you smelling? I was smell. Uh, it was like uh, uh, to see what smelled worse. And they needed to pay somebody fifty dollars to decide what smelled worse. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to know what smelled worse, like this guy's armpit or this toilet plunger. What? Yeah, you're lying. No, I'm a hundred percent. This is a hundred percent real. No, this. It was for a commercial. Oh, okay. So you were pay, being paid as an actor? Kind of. I, I, it was like a pre-commercial. They were like running through what they were going to use, and they needed people to have reactions. So to you the smell, actually smelling things. You were, you were. No, acting. I was actually smelling it so that an actor didn't have to smell it. <laughs> you know, like when You're so full of shit. I, you think I could make that up? <laughs> you know how there's stand-ins for actors <laughs> when they set up the lighting, and then somebody stands in for Leo. Yes, and I've I've been on the set of Leo movies, and I've met the stand-in, and he's a little bit. He's he's got a big head. You also almost killed Martin Scorsese. I did, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> and that w- it was it wasn't like I took a shot at him from a no 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 a, you was, know a clock tower. Been this accidental. Was, yeah, it would have been accidental. No jury in the world would have <laughs> convicted me. Uh, but yes, I was pre-smelling things <laughs> for a commercial, and they were getting the reaction so that they could pick the things to give to the actors so they could get good reactions. Why didn't they just film you in your reaction? Maybe I wasn't the right type for the commercial. You never know how this goes, right? But anyway, that uh, just to say that is something that did in fact happen. So you have weird, cool things happen too. Yeah, but that was like years ago. Yeah. I was friends with nuns years ago. Well, what happened that you stopped being friends with these nuns? I don't know. They're not in communication a lot. Like, they don't have, like, cell phones. Did, you didn't teach them how to use Twitter? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's more active on social media? Those nuns or me? I'm probably those nuns. <laughs> they have Facebook accounts. They do. I have one, but I just don't really use it. Nope. Um, but you are in our Learning the Tropes troop group. I, I am in the troop, and I'm lurking. Just know that I'm always lurking. Can I just have you post? (laughs) What if I say you have to post once a week? Okay. I'll post once a week. Perfect. Thank you. If it is to help this podcast find a larger audience to bring love to the world, I will post once a week in a Facebook group. Thank you. Man, I feel good about myself. Anyway, we're talking about motorcycles. Yes, I've ridden a motorcycle. Have you? Um, no. Terrified of them. Mm -hmm. They're very loud. That's what I didn't like. And I also don't feel like they should physically be able to do what they do. Okay. On two wheels, I don't trust it. (laughs) Four wheels, yeah. Three wheels, yeah. Two wheels, no thank you. Well, where I grew up, I grew up in New Hampshire and up in the Lakes region where my grandfather had cottages, they do Laconia Bike Weekend, which is like the biggest either the biggest or the second biggest gathering of like motorcyclists in the world. So it would be insane. The amount of people that would come. And then my one uncle was like big into motorcycles. And so he would always, they do like a naked ride in the middle of the night. And it was fun. I never saw that. I wasn't allowed because I was a kid, but would you join a motorcycle club? 
Well, well, I guess you don't like motorcycles. With my fear of motorcycles now, I mean, I guess I could be their mascot or something. The camaraderie is nice. But it doesn't seem cool. No. At least as depicted in this book. It doesn't seem as cool as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I think I just wanted the motorcycle club to be more dangerous, and it just didn't feel dangerous Yes. To me. It was not dangerous. Because I'm like, that's the sexy part is like, ooh, at any moment, anything could happen. He could die. I mean, the... The body count in this book was very high. Yeah. You wanted them to live by their own rules and die free. Yeah. And it didn't live free se- or die, perhaps. Yeah. It didn't seem to be that way. Mm-mm. Like you said, they weren't edgy. They weren't living on the there wasn't that feeling of this is a powder keg and it could explode at any time in a sexy way. Right. I mean, they just like called the sheriff and was like, hey, sheriff, some stuff's going to go. The sheriff was like, yeah, cool, man. I mean, yeah. So you can't be friends with cops if you're in a motorcycle club unless they're crooked cops. Crooked cops. They're great. All crooked cops welcome. Otherwise, no. (laughs) Yeah, because at the end of this book, it's the big race day. They're trying to get Cora and Haven out. And instead, her father comes. They seven guys surround a racetrack, and that is apparently enough for an ambush. <laughs> and he finds and he starts like killing people. He kills somebody. He takes Bunny, who's like the mom of the motorcycle club, ties her up, puts her somewhere, doesn't tell him where she is, and then he says he's going to start killing people every ten minutes. He kills a driver on the course, creates a huge uh, pileup, yeah, on the racetrack. Numerous people dead. And then Dare finds him and he they get in a shootout and Haven decides enough people have died. So she runs out of where they're hiding her and then ends up shooting her father and killing him. And here's the thing. Not only that, she's never shot a gun before. She grabs the gun from Dare's body, which is on the ground. She's got her back to her dad. She spins around, shoots three times and hits Mm -hmm. every single time. I would say that that. The the uh, being able to do that is a uh, probably one in 300 to be able to shoot somebody three times when you've never shot a gun before and you are turning around. That seems like a very hard thing. I think it depends how close he is, though. I think he wasn't close enough to make that a easy shot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was standing right over them. I still think it would be. I mean, if they were across a room uh, or unless they were like right in front of you where the barrel could not miss, I think that was a very hard thing for me to believe. I mean, I was happy the bad dad was dead. This is one of the the uh, this is the second uh, patricide we've had in the last, what, three books? I mean, any final thoughts? I don't know. I do. I am kind of I do feel bad for this book because like I said earlier it's 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 it had it's the opening band that you're kind of thinking okay well good this this band is good uh I know I didn't come to see this band like I know this isn't the band that I wanted to see necessarily but I saw this band and it was fine but let's bring on you too mm-hmm. or let's bring on Dixie Chicks I don't know what's a band those are two bands those are two bands um have right. you ever seen the Dixie Chicks? No. See, I would have said no. Do you want me, when you ask questions, should I wait for you to answer them yourself? Yeah, I kind of want to ask you a question, interrupt your answer with mm-hmm. a guess. Cool. <laughs> All right, good to know from now on. You've seen you too. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> well, we've talked about how you too is one of your favorite bands. It is. Yours have too. you seen Coldplay? No. No. <laughs> That's, yeah, this is great. This is a fun game. We should just have an episode of this. but yeah i agree because also like i did enjoy this book i don't want to act like i didn't like there are aspects i enjoyed i think all the exposition was a little bit tough to get through but like the story the core of it i did enjoy the core of it Mm -hmm. i mean cora has a book and i am gonna read it frankly yeah i'm reading cora's book okay fun it's her in slider (laughs) (laughs) the names the they names always sound these, silly, though. I know, I know, but what the names are, are kind of hard. Meat? Meat. Yeah, meat dies, doesn't he? No, or do, Jeb dies. Meat's bleeding out, though. Meat's bleeding out, but he makes it. Meat makes it. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good for Meat. Yeah, I'm happy Meat <laughs> lived to see another day. Meat got his own book, right? It's called Meat Cute. <laughs> we need to create a list of the books that we invent. Yeah. Um, Is that a good laugh? A new laugh? Let me hear it. <laughs> it's like an emphysema laugh. Yeah. Um, would you fuck them? <laughs> um, no. Ooh. Neither of them. Okay. I'd fuck meat because then I'd be like, I fucked a dude named Meat. Um, but otherwise, I would not. Really? She's too. She was just too. She's too innocent and young and damaged that it just would be like upsetting. And he's too old. Wow. <laughs> One year older than you. Too old. I uh, would fuck Dare. You would fuck Dare. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't fuck dare. Is there anybody in this book that I would fuck? Bunny? <sighs> fuck one of those cinnamon rolls. I know. Those cinnamon <laughs> rolls are good. Uh, no, actually, the, the food descriptions made me ill. Wow. All right. But I that, loved the food description. You like the cinnamon buns. Yeah. Yeah. Would I fuck those peanut butter cookies? Yeah. Probably. Those sounded amazing, too. Yeah. No, yeah. I guess I'm saving it. Okay. Saving it up. Goodreads list. Yeah, I'm saving <laughs> it up for Goodreads list. Biker or MC Romance and Erotica, first books in series or serial. Is this Erotica? No. I mean, it was pretty erotic. But Erotica. No, okay. I guess it didn't give us that ka. So take it off the list. Motorcycle romances that rev our engines. To each their own. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Contemporary romances that feature women on, woman on the run storylines. True. Yeah, she was on the run. Chick lit twenty sixteen. Yes. <laughs> uh, bikers, fighters, and uniforms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Best book boyfriends. I wish you were real and mine. No, I disagree. I no. I think Dare is a good boyfriend. You think Dare is a good boyfriend? Yeah. Wouldn't you tell Dare, okay, so if producer Patty was in a motorcycle club, Mm -hmm. would you not just say, hey, man, maybe let's hang up the the leather vest and get a different hobby? You know? No. You would let him him run guns on the weekends. Well, I'd be like, can you be a little bit more dangerous? Like, I think it would be sexier if you were a little bit more dangerous. You would be bummed that he he would be, if he was in... A lame club like the Ravens. Yeah, I'd be bummed if he was in a lame club. But not bummed that he's in a motorcycle club, just that it, the quality of the club yeah, would yeah, have yeah. to be a, to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but no, but I do think, like, Dare is very invested in giving her orgasms. Like, he gives her, like, three in a row. Yeah, that, I, I mean, he was giving. I get mm-hmm. it. And, I guess, I don't know. It's hard. He's sandwiched between, I mean, you got Gabe on this side. You got the prospect of St. Vincent on this side. You know St. Vincent isn't until the third book, though. Like, I'm, I'm worried for you now. Don't be worried. Because first we have Simon Hunt, who isn't nothing. And then we have um, Westcliff, who's great. A lot of people like him over St. Vincent, even. So I just, you know. I, I'm just, don't ruin this for me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Do you know that I never once looked for my Christmas presents as a kid? That is delayed satisfaction. Did you ever look for your Christmas presents as a kid? Yeah. Yes, you did. I'm sorry. You I, did, right? I forget that I'm not allowed to answer questions. <laughs> you did, right? Yes. Of course you did. I never did once. Okay. You know why? Because I, I respected my parents. And the other reason is because I wanted the surprise. I wanted the anticipation to continue. And if I had found my Christmas presents, then the anticipation is gone and all you have is... Whatever it was. So I, I'm anticipating St. Vincent because I believe in him and I believe that he will be spectacular. Okay. Now, will he be Derek Craven? That's another story. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that you're not thinking. That he's going to be right at the beginning of this first book? Yeah. I get it. Okay. Um, books you would give as gifts. Who would you give this book to? I don't know who I would give this book to. Would you give this as a gift? Yeah. To who? If someone was like, I really like motorcycle club romances, I'd be like, oh, did you read this one? No? Here you go. Here you go. Okay. Um, It can stay on the list, I guess. 
Rock Chick Other MC. I don't really understand it. Rock Chick Other MC. M- Master of Ceremonies or Motorcycle Club? I imagine Motorcycle Club. It doesn't make sense either way. No. She's not really a rock chick. No. Yeah. Nope. Uh, books that make my heart hurt. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no? No. I think there's a lot of abuse in this, a lot of bad dads. Yeah. Oh, because Dare's dad also murdered his uh, mother and brother and then committed suicide. Yeah, that's so right. We, have we double forgot bad dads. about that. And then when she's going to change her name, she wants to change her name to Kylie. Mm-hmm. She names herself after Dare's dead brother, Kyle. Nice. Yeah. Nice nod. I thought she was going to, she was naming herself after Kylie Jenner. I did. That's why when she said Kylie, I didn't make the connection. I thought, oh, she's going to name herself after Kylie Jenner. That's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> no comment? No. I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, no, that was wrong. That would be a weird thing for her to do. I don't know if the Kardashians exist in this universe. That's an interesting question. Not really. What are your Books tropes? <laughs> Books where the Kardashians don't exist in this universe. (laughs) Let's make that list for Goodreads. Okay. You want my tropes? I would love them. You can't handle my tropes. (laughs) Um, You ever see that movie? Yes. Yes. Of course you did. Amazing Kitchens, because there's an amazing kitchen. Mm. That's a trope that I'm finding a lot now uh, since I'm becoming less of a virgin and bordering on. scoring off the field. Yeah, that was the best kitchen. Cooking in Amazing Kitchen seemed to be uh, right there with big libraries and bookish heroines as things aside from actual romance that are threads in these books. I'd say we've had more great kitchens than like super bookish uh, heroines. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I I think I think it's mm, I think it's kind of even, though, Mm -hmm. because we've had a lot of like writers uh, as heroines and stuff. Um, bad dad. Yeah. Very bad dad. Biker hero. Best friend, Cora. Age difference. She's 23. He's 37. Um, I said not a virgin because she isn't a virgin, but she's verging on virgin. She's kind of, she, she's almost a virgin. Uh, heroin afraid of everything. She was pretty much afraid of everything. Yeah. Um, criminal hero, even though he was a nominal criminal, dead brother, finger banging, tragic backstory, and uh, racetrack calamity. <laughs> Those are my tropes. Racetrack calamity is like a great uh, title for like something. That, that should be that's your band. Name, that's the name of my uh, my next series after Hard Inc. Hard Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spinoff, Aaron. What are your tropes? Mine are motorcycle club romance, heroin on the run, heroin overly sheltered, age difference, forced proximity when they get stuck in the in his house in the rain. Mm -hmm. Because she's afraid of rain. Well, also, (laughs) motorcycles are so tough. But then if it starts raining, you got to sit under a bridge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Patricide, hero savior complex, heroin is an amazing cook, baker. Um, found families, tattooed hero, first book in series, hero on wrong side of law, but no, then not really. I mean, he's, you know, he's in, he has a good relationship with the sheriff for, for a motorcycle club member. That's not the right side of the law. No, I want him on the other side of the law. Yeah. I need him breaking the law. Mm -hmm. I want him to have a tally of how many sheriffs he's offed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would put him in the death penalty, but. But you know what? That's I mean that's the thing. That's that's dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous. I need a bit more danger. Uh-huh. Um yeah. What has you swooning this week? Why, well, Aaron, thank you for asking. Um what has me swooning is not necessarily one thing. It's a season. And that season is the summer movie season. As we all know, it starts this coming weekend. With Avengers Endgame. It's probably going to be one of the biggest summer movies, even though it is at the end of April. But this is the time of year that I look forward to the most. I love thinking about 
how many movies am I going to see in a week? How, how much box office are these movies going to make? What's going to bomb? What's going to be a sleeper? To, to be able to experience like uh, a, a movie in air conditioning when it's so hot, it's like the best time of the year. Seeing all the summer movies. That's basically what I'm swooning about. So, yeah. That's great. Aaron, what are you swooning about? Well, I'm swooning about a little singer from Texas named Beyonce. She who who now <laughs> Beyonce <laughs> Knowles Carter. She released Homecoming on Netflix. I don't feel like I'm telling anybody about this if you don't already know it, but it's just something that I it came out last week. I've watched it four times and I've listened to the entire album. I don't know how many times. I love it so much. I've like always been a big Beyonce fan, but I feel like this in particular. It's so inspiring and empowering because first, I'm going to tell you because I'm sure you don't know this, but Beyonce had twins, surprise twins. It was a very difficult birth. She ended up having having a C-section and she was supposed to perform at Coachella, but she had to push it because obviously she's giving birth to twins. So then she had eight months to go from basically the worst shape in her life, having literally had her ab muscles sliced open to performing in this like amazing way and she basically worked so hard every moment for eight months and did every single thing it was entirely her vision and she created it and it was amazing and it was also a celebration of who she was who she came from I just was so inspired and loved it so much and as a creative person to just watch somebody do that work that hard to have that vision it's really inspiring and I loved it so homecoming Okay, everybody, so please make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Um, email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at learningtropes, Instagram at learningthetropes. Send us suggestions, send us comments, send us what you think, what you like, what you didn't like. And join our Facebook group, Learning the Tropes, the Troop. We're still figuring it out, but we're trying our best. Um, and then next episode is the first of our Wallflower series. It is Secrets of a Summer Night by Lisa Claypass. So the way we're doing it in May is we're going to do Secrets of a Summer Night. It happened one autumn. And then we are going to take a little break. And then we're going to come back strong with Devil in Winter. And then finish up with Scandal in Spring. And that's our May. So everybody, read the Wallflower books. It sounds like a lot of you already have. Have a refresher. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have things we want us to pay attention to as we read it, email us, tweet at us, let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. And then we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.